A warm Lancashire welcome to Worley Abbey. My name is Jill Duff and I'm the Anglican Bishop of Lancaster. To celebrate the Feast of All Saints, we're delighted to welcome you to one of our ancient centres of prayer, tucked away in the beautiful Ribble Valley. Archbishop William Temple called this a powerhouse of prayer when it was given to the Diocese of Blackburn in 1926. At Easter, it reopened as our centre for Christian discipleship and prayer. Many people have described this as a thin place, a place of great blessing, where the communion of saints and the presence of God draws near. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Grace, mercy, and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ be with you, and also with you.
1537, the last abbot of Worley Abbey, John Paslow, was arrested for his objection to Henry VIII's dissolution of the monasteries. He was one of 216 Northern Christians executed for their faith in that year. Following in the footsteps of John Paslow, there will be multiple executions by my ancestors at Lancaster, including the 15 Lancaster Martyrs, and in 1612, the Pendle Witches, who came from this parish of Worley and the surrounding districts, some of who, whom were most probably Catholics, trying to avoid betrayal of a local priest. We are currently in discussion about the breaking down of this wall, which divides the site from the local Roman Catholic parish. We all carry our own guilt, personal and corporate. Jesus said, before you offer your gift, go and be reconciled. As brothers and sisters in God's family, we come together to ask our Father for God's forgiveness. We pray together. Almighty God, we have sinned against you and against our neighbour in thoughts and words and deed. Through negligence, through weakness, through our own deliberate fault, we are truly sorry and repent of all our sins. For the sake of your Son, Jesus Christ, who died for us, forgive us all that is past and grant that we may serve you in newness of life to the glory of your name. Amen. Almighty God, who forgives all who truly repent, have mercy upon you, pardon and deliver you from all your sins, confirm and strengthen you in all goodness and keep you in life eternal through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Let us pray. Almighty and eternal God, you have kindled the flame of love in the hearts of the saints. Grant to us the same faith and power of love that as we rejoice in their triumphs, we may be sustained by their example and fellowship. Through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord who is alive and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. So thank you, Lynn. It's lovely to see you. Um, I wondered if you would mind telling us about how uh, Worley Abbey has helped you to live out your everyday faith. Yeah, well, I have a busy job. I run my own business and I'm working a lot with autistic pupils in mainstream schools. And so um, it can be get very, very intense. And through all of that, I try to pray for our work and pray for the children that we work with and the families and teachers. But, you know, when you're busy and intense every single day, it can be really difficult to take time out. Uh, when I came across Wally Abbey and the first thing that really attracted me was its setting. It's beautiful, it's quiet, it's by the river. Um, and therefore, you know, and it was offering a space out of everyday life, which was great. Um, and then when I came along, the people were just so lovely and welcoming. Um, and you yourself, you know, were so open to looking at what my needs were and being able to, you know, work a program for the day. Um, within that so what I've done is I've used Woolly Abbey as a day retreat really and um, every now and again when I just need a bit of space for reflection but also to reconnect with Jesus um, to reconnect with the Bible and reflect on my everyday interactions of people and my own faith growth so obviously I go to church on a Sunday and I get some of that but just taking that time out 
And it reminds me of Jesus, you know, when he went up the mountain and said, we don't have a great lot of mountains in Lancashire, do we? Um, however, we have these lovely places like Woolly Abbey. Um, it feels a really gentle, calm, spiritual place. I think you can feel like the aeons of, of, of prayer that have gone on there through the monastery and all the, the it's past as well. Um, so, yeah, it's been really helpful on a day to day. You know, when I when I do go there, the welcome is fantastic and you may to feel like you are really important um, and your faith is really important and that wherever you're at, however broken or tired you feel, um, you know, certainly I've that, had that one-to-one -one time with you, Adam, and just been able to come there from where I'm at. You've let me offload and just like get all the messiness out of my head and then really gently refocus me back on Jesus and God's word and having that time to meditate on God's word and, and let the spirit speak to me has been really lovely, which then has enabled me to go out and carry on and feeling so much better. When you feel closer to Jesus, when you have that experience, how do you find that impacts on your work? How do you find that impacts on the interaction you have with your own staff or with the pupils that you're dealing with or the staff at the schools that you're dealing with? In a practical way, I think because I've received kindness and somebody listening to me, it means I can go on and do that with other people as well. And my job really depends on that, you know, listening to people and understanding where they're at and being kind to them. And I, I always I'm remembered that if I've been treated like that, that is something I can continue. And you know, my, my job isn't, I, I don't share the gospel, I don't preach, but I can bring Jesus with me into my job and, and share him and his love with people. And that's really helpful. Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth, for the first heaven and the first earth had passed away, and there was no longer any sea. I saw the holy city, the new Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God prepared as a bride beautifully dressed for her husband and I heard a loud voice from the throne saying look God's dwelling place is now among the people and he will dwell with them they will be his people and God himself will be with them and be their God he will wipe every tear from their eyes there will be no more death or mourning or crying or pain for the old order of things has passed away he who was seated on the throne said I am making everything new then he said write this down for for these words are trustworthy and true. He said to me, it is done. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. To the thirsty I will give water without cost from the spring of the water of life. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks, Thanks be to God.
delighted that our gospel today will be read by Bishop Paul. He's the Roman Catholic Bishop of Lancaster and over the time I've been in Lancaster has become a dear friend. Hear the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ according to John, chapter 11, verses 32 to 44. When Mary reached the place where Jesus was and saw him, she fell at his feet and said, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. When Jesus saw her weeping, and the Jews who had come along with her also weeping, he was deeply moved in spirit and troubled. Where have you laid him? he asked. Come and see, Lord, they replied. Jesus wept. Then the Jews said, See how he loved him. But some of them said, Could not he who opened the eyes of the blind man have kept this man from dying? Jesus, once more deeply moved, came to the tomb. It was a cave with a stone laid across the entrance. Take away the stone, he said. But Lord, said Martha, the sister of the dead man, by this time there is a bad odour, for he has been there four days. Then Jesus said, 
Did I not tell you that if you believe, you will see the glory of God? So they took away the stone. Then Jesus looked up and said, Father, I thank you that you have heard me. I know that you always hear me, but I said this for the benefit of the people standing here that they may believe that you sent me. When he had said this, Jesus called in a loud voice, Lazarus, come out. The dead man came out, his hands and feet wrapped with strips of linen and a cloth round his face. Jesus said, Take off the grave clothes and let him go. This is the Gospel of the Lord. Lazarus has just died and Martha and Mary are at sixes and sevens and things have not worked out how they thought they would or should. And one of the things that really makes them struggle is that Jesus has not done what they thought he would do. A few verses before the gospel that we have heard today, Jesus, when he first gets the message from Martha and Mary, instead of dropping everything and going to help them, turns the other way. And they are left in the lurch. And in that time, Lazarus's illness turns to death. These are not just any people. These are Jesus's dear friends. And in what they thought was their hour of need, he seems to have deserted them. He says, that this is so that the glory of God may be disclosed. But that's not what it feels like to Martha and Mary. And for Lazarus, it seems too late. In many of the conversations that I am having with people at the moment, they are sharing with me that they feel deserted by God or that he is distant from them, or that in what they feel to be their hour of need, he has perhaps even let them down. In the weeks leading up to All Saints Day, there are a number of individual saints in the calendar whose festivals we commemorate, and there are saints who are enormously special to me personally. At the beginning of October, the festival of St. Francis of Assisi. In the middle of the month, Teresa of Avila. And towards the end of October, the feast of the translation of John of Beverley. You don't have to go to Italy or Spain to find saints. Here in the north of England, we have myriad saints. And among them, John is especially precious. 
A friend of mine came back from Assisi and brought me this sprig of dried olive leaves. They remind me of the leaves of the tree of life in the book of Revelation, which are given for the healing of the nations. They have soaked up some of the toxins from the earth and from the air. They are part of the means by which the creation heals itself. And as such, they are a really eloquent reminder of part of the meaning of Francis's own life. Looking into the place of poverty to find the love of God. Another friend went to Avila and brought me back a walnut. And I look at this dry, dead thing and think of the grain in John's Gospel which must fall into the ground and die. And unless it does so, it cannot be turned into an overflowing of fruit. And this nut speaks of a fundamental strand in Teresa's own experience of God. When the soul is strong, she says, the Spirit of God will lead it into the desert, into the place of testing and stretching, that there we shall find perceptions of God that we had not been able to imagine, way beyond what we had preconceived. I have no memento of John except Bede's book which describes his life. John preached the gospel and tended the sick and the weary as a minister of healing. And when he had healed the sick, like Jesus in the gospel today, who says, unbind him and let him go. John too, let people leave him, leave him, placing no obligation or demand upon them with an extraordinarily touching, self-effacing grace. These and all of the saints are alive to God. They are in that place where God, who is the God of Abraham and Isaac and Jacob, the God of the living, not the dead, the one before whom all are ever alive, the saints are those who reflect that presence. They contain it within themselves as the dwelling place of God. And when I feel that God has hidden himself from me, when I, like many of my friends, feel deserted. I have learnt to pay attention to the saints who are alive to God, present to God, and in whom God dwells. They are living reflections of the radiance and the beauty and the glory of God. And lest I pay attention to them when I should be looking towards God, God's self, 
always when I come close to their friendship, they will step aside so that it be God that I see and not them. That it be God whom I hear and not them. The God who says, see, I can make all things new. Amen. Welcome to our chapel at Woolley Abbey where this stunning image of the Holy Spirit which used to hang from the ceiling on chains has been released and this underlines our regular prayer here for a fresh visitation of the Holy Spirit on the people of Lancashire. Joining with the saints down the ages let us declare our faith in the words of the Apostles Creed. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth. I believe in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died and was buried. He descended to the dead. On the third day he rose again. He ascended into heaven he is seated at the right hand of the Father, and he will come to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. In the power of the Holy Spirit, and in union with Christ, let us pray to the Father. Father, we pray for this house of Worley Abbey, that it may be a place in which deep disciples are formed and sent to renew the church and to bring glory to your risen Son. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. On this All Saints Tide, these ancient walls remind us that we are surrounded by a cloud of witnesses who have prayed in this place, perhaps never leaving the same uh, familiar walls. And so we pray today for those who are shut in, for those whose lives are spent behind closed doors. Father, may they know your presence today and encourage them with your spirit as they pray uh, for the world around them. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. As we look at the uh, wall which separates uh, two Christian communities who own this site, we pray today for the breaking down of walls that separate Christians from one another, that as we seek the unity of the church, we may be a witness to reconciliation in a divided and hurting world. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. As we look at these ancient graves, we remember Mary going to visit the grave of her brother Lazarus. And so we pray for those who are mourning today, those who've lost loved ones. 
Father, we thank you for the hope of resurrection, for the reality of the communion of saints. And we pray for those who grieve today that they may find hope and peace in the risen Christ. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. As we look at this powerful image of the Holy Spirit, we pray for ourselves that we may be filled afresh with the power of the Spirit. As we look at those seven flames, we remember the sevenfold gifts of the Spirit. We pray that we may be empowered in whatever we may do over this, this coming week to live and to work to God's praise and glory. And so rejoicing in the whole communion of saints, we commend ourselves and all God's people to his unfailing love. Merciful Father, accept these prayers for the sake of your Son, our Saviour, Jesus Christ. Amen. Christ is our peace. He has reconciled us to God in one body on the cross. We meet in his name and we share his peace. The peace of the Lord be always with you. And also The Lord is here. His Spirit is with us. Lift up your hearts. We lift them to the Lord. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is right to give thanks and praise. It is indeed right, our duty and our joy, always and everywhere, to give you thanks, Holy Father, Almighty and Eternal God, through Jesus Christ our Lord. And now we give you thanks, most gracious God surrounded by a great cloud of witnesses and glorified in the assembly of your saints. The glorious company of the apostles praise you. The noble fellowship of the prophets praise you. The white-robed army of martyrs praise you. We, your holy church, acclaim you. In communion with angels and archangels and with all who served you on earth and now worship you in heaven. We raise our voice to proclaim your glory, forever praising you and saying, Holy, holy, holy Lord, God of power and might, heaven and earth are full of your glory. Hosanna in the highest. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. 
Lord, you are holy indeed, the source of all holiness. Grant that by the power of your Holy Spirit and according to your holy will, these gifts of bread and wine may be to us the body and blood of our Lord Jesus Christ, who in the same night that he was betrayed, took bread and gave you thanks. He broke it and gave it to his disciples saying, take, eat, this is my body which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way, after supper, he took the cup and gave you thanks. He gave it to them saying, drink this, all of you. This is my blood of the new covenant, which is shed for you and for many for the forgiveness of sins. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. Great is the mystery of faith. Christ has died. Christ is risen. Christ will come again. And so far the calling to mind his death on the cross. His perfect sacrifice made once for the sins of the whole world. Rejoicing in his mighty resurrection and glorious ascension and looking for his coming in glory, we celebrate this memorial of our redemption. As we offer you this, our sacrifice of praise and thanksgiving, we bring before you this bread and this cup and we thank you for counting us worthy to stand in your presence and serve you. Send the Holy Spirit on your people and gather into one in your kingdom all who share this one bread and one cup, so that we in the company of all the saints may praise and glorify you forever through Jesus Christ our Lord, by whom and with whom and in whom in the unity of the Holy Spirit all honour and glory be yours, almighty Father, forever and ever. Amen. Let us pray with confidence as our Saviour has taught us. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power and the glory, for ever and ever. Amen. We break this bread to share in the body of Christ. Though we are many, we are one body, because we all share in one bread. Lamb of God, you take away the sin of the world. Have mercy on us. Lamb of God, you take away the sin of the world, have mercy on us. Lamb of God, you take away the sin of the world, grant us peace. Draw near with faith. Receive the body of our Lord Jesus Christ which he gave for you and his blood which he shed for you. Eat and drink in remembrance that he died for you and feed on him in your hearts by faith 
with thanksgiving. Let us pray. Lord of heaven, in this Eucharist you have brought us near to an innumerable company of angels and to the spirits of the saints made perfect. As in this food of our earthly pilgrimage we have shared their fellowship, so may we come to share their joy in heaven through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. I'd ask some bishop, Bishop Julie will now pronounce the blessing. Thank you for joining us online. May you encounter Jesus. May you've encountered Jesus in word and sacrament. So let us put ourselves in that place where God is able to pour down upon us the blessing that he loves to bestow. God, who has prepared for us a city with eternal foundations, give you grace to share the inheritance of the saints in glory and the blessing of God Almighty, the Father, the Son and the Holy Spirit be among you and remain with you always. Amen. Go in peace to love and serve the Lord. In the name of Christ. Amen. Mm -hmm.